Right. Is that recording? Yeah. Battery full. We're all on. We're yeah. actually plugged into the mains. Memory. Oh, we're plugged into the mains? Yeah. So we have 44 hours and 25 minutes of, of memory left. Are we recording? <laughs> sure are. All right, so get this up by tomorrow because people keep messaging about not having it on Fridays. What happened with last week's one was the file became corrupted. Oh, Something sure. happened halfway through and we can't remember what happened. Listen, they don't want any excuses. But it was, two, uh, it was two audio tracks and then one of them is corrupted. This week's trivia <laughs> is... For those of you, this is your first time listening to the podcast. Fuck them. This is, <laughs> this is the thing that's happening now, where we do trivia. I ask her three questions. He asks me three questions. We go like, bam, 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 bam. I, I, so it's like, rather than doing three snatches and three overhead squats, we go snatch, overhead squat, snatch, overhead squat, snatch, overhead squat. I don't know who's winning, though. Did we not say it was a draw last time? Were we level last time? Or, no, you were one ahead or two ahead. I, feel, I won the last one, but who won the first one? Let's keep counting from today. Okay, so okay, so we're just nail all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> convenient. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so as always, we'll start with an Irish history question for right. our number uno. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, 1960 was the penultimate uh, revolution in Ireland against the... 1916. 1916. Oh yeah, just over here it sounded like 1960. Apologies, 1916. Was the Is your WhatsApp going mad there? It might be. Um just Turn off, turn your phone onto airplane mode. I find that does a nice little job of cutting the WhatsApp web off. So, sorry, turn on my, fl- I turn on my flashlight. How do I turn off this? <clears throat> so, 1916 was the most crucial revolution in yeah. Irish history to throw off the shackles of British oppression. Yeah. There was a multitude of revolutionary leaders arrested yeah unfairly so unjustly so from our point of view i'm loving i'm yeah. loving the scene you're yeah. painting there was a uh, so for anyone wondering it was it was primarily set in dublin a rising was uh, was began in dublin uh, what they hoped at the time was that there'd be a nationwide uprising but there'd been so many failed risings in irish history that people were like just stop like <laughs> you're just you're gonna make it yeah. worse for us every time uh so at the moment so during 1916 they had the rising Thinking the British Empire would be otherwise preoccupied with a little thing known as Schwarl War One. Yeah. There was a variety of leaders captured. How many of them were executed, Dara Fitz? I know De Valero wasn't executed because he had a American. was it an American passport. Sure, correct. Were twelve of them executed? No, sixteen. 16. Which, for anyone who doesn't know, was actually the most crucial mistake they made. Yeah. Which turned the rest of the world uh, with very negative view towards the British rule over Ireland. It yeah. It was one of the things that made international papers, I assume on Facebook or something at the time. <laughs> no, 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 definitely right. would have been like MySpace or Bebo or something. Yeah, Bebo. They uh, it ran Ravage. It went wild on Bebo. So yeah. 16 of the leaders were Jesus executed. Christ. Some very famous last words, some very interesting yeah, there's a, a a poem from one of the British soldiers who shot Paul Connolly, and it's actually a song. The Wolfstones went into a song, very haunting. Didn't want to do it. Yeah. So they did the thing where one of the, a couple of them had blanks and no one knew who the blanks were. You know. Yeah. But Paul Connolly was so injured, he was he was going to die eventually. You know, like he was hours from death anyway. So they had to strap him to a wheel t- a chair. You know, to sit upright. Yeah. And they Jesus they shot Christ, him. very grim. Yeah. Anyway, answer next your question. Anyway, I'm going to leave my Irish history question until the end. That's, oh, shit. Right, because yeah. I, we'll, we'll just give a little... Uh, I've quite broad range of my questions this week. Right? Excellent. 
So Alico, yeah, or Alejo, oh, Alejo. however you however you want to pronounce it, yeah, uh, makers and purveyors of the finest barbells in the world, mm-hmm. uh, have been making barbells for a long time, right? Yes, but for thirty years before they started making waffle irons, what did they make? Waffle irons. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they made small electrical appliances yeah. such as toasters and waffle urns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for a bonus point, mm-hmm. what was the name of their president? I have no idea. Mr. Hellstrom. No way. Yeah. Hellstrom. Hellstrom. All right. Okay, next question. Bit of trivia to this one as well after. Go on. Uh, so, in 1836, who invented the revolver? Full name, please. Full name. Full name. Not just Browning. No. Well, you're after. You're after. No, no. I mean, like, yeah, not yeah, just yeah. Like not like Henry Browning or whatever. Like, I need, I need a full name of the first and last name, not just the brand. Who, who, who filed the patent? Well, it's in there somewhere rattling around in there yeah bouncing off the calluses definitely knows is it Smith and Wesson no Samuel Colt oh fuck it anyway so very interestingly the the revolver did terribly right initially yeah it was just doing not well at all business went terribly for the first couple of years basically Uh, the, the the military the very small military at the time in relation to today, America's military today were like, sure, we want that for, there was kind of no money and there wasn't really permanent military and stuff yeah. like that. But then when, um, I think it was Coffee, General Coffee was leading the Texas Rangers against the Comanche Empire. Right. The revolver proved very, very useful. Because you could go pew, 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 pew. So the Indians could loosen, I think it was like six arrows in like three or four seconds or something. So they were lethal with their arrows, incredibly accurate from horseback. Oftentimes underneath the horse, they would shoot and use the horse as a body shield. And of course, the the people, the I suppose the Americans, as you call them, had single fire muskets. Yeah. And then Bowie knives or whatever. And so once you'd, you'd initially shot maybe a smaller firearm, but single shot as well. And so it was just proving to be absolutely disastrous for the Americans when the Comanches had a much higher rate of fire. Right. But then the revolver started making a big difference. Christ. Yeah. It didn't finish it, though. Killing the buffalo finished it for the Comanche, really. But right. That really fucked them up. The buffalo thing is mad interesting. Incredible. We won't get into it now, though. No, no. Uh, All right. Okay, next trivia question. Go on. Bit of a history side to this as well. Mm-hmm. So... This came to mind because, to be honest, I think at certain points we are a bit of a cliche, you know. Okay. So, where does the word cliche come from? And I give you, if you want a hint, I can give you a hint. I'll definitely need a hint. And the hint is interesting. Great. Go on, give me a hint. It comes from a, it comes from an occupation, Mm -hmm. a job someone did. The occupation that person did was a stereotyper. And the word cliche comes from there. Damn. So, cliche mm-hmm. is a bit of onomatopoeia, mm-hmm. if I'm 
using the right word there, where cliche was the sound that the ink made every time it rolled over a printing press. So the person who organized the printing press was called the stereotyper. Mm-hmm. Then cliche as this fucking roller would go across with the ink. That's where that would come from. But how did that how did that arrive to the meaning of the word cliche? How did people start using that? Because say uh oh all uh let me let me think about this for a sec. Let's say oh all lads who are into training are just big into putting loads of stuff up on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So then it's just like you're stereotyping someone. You're saying that's what happens and then they'd make that noise as if they were printing something off. Oh, okay. So like cliche, yeah. cliche. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. That is an interesting little tidbit. That is very interesting. Mad how words come about. Yeah, crazy. It's crazy as well someone's job was a stereotyper. Yeah. That was their job. Yeah. What was the, this is my trivia question, but what was the first book in the printing press? The Bible for Athletic Development, Seek Your Strength's Guide to Success. Is that your final answer? <laughs> no. What was it? Was it the Gutenberg Bible? Yeah, it was the Bible, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was the yeah. Bible. Um, so, what food substance is Japanese uh, alcoholic drink sake made from? Rice. Yes. Because in my head it was rice wine, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's not actually a wine. No, no, no. That would have been a great trick. I like it. As well. I, it's nice. It's like I haven't had it. I don't think. Um, yeah, it's it's like with the food it kind of goes. It does add it to it. Like okay, what's it taste like? Kind of like vodka, to be honest. Okay, ideal. <laughs> but nice vodka. Right, my last question. Go for it. To the nearest decade. Shit. When was the last wolf in Ireland killed? Oh, um. Was it? It was shot in Kerry, wasn't it? So this is what I went looking up, right? Right. But there's conflicting reports. I'll read you. I I have a little passage prepared. Okay, was it 1904 or something? 1786. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was much, much later. So did I. Yes. So we've driven past Blackachine. Yes. Where I've pointed to you before and said, Garf, do you up there is where the last wolf in Ireland was shot? Yes. Because every time I used to drive past when I was a youngster, that's what I was told. Right. The location isn't confirmed, right? But the last wolf in Ireland was killed in 1786. It had been hunted down from Mount Leinster in County Carlow, where it had allegedly been killing sheep. So maybe it was hunted the whole way down. The last wolf met its end at the edge of a stream, the last of its kind. The memory of wolves live on in Irish place names. Kind of tragic, isn't it? Jesus, it's so tragic. Thank God we don't have them now. Though. Oh my God, I can only imagine. Jesus Christ, the environment of wolves. Yeah, they'll never. Like, there was there's talks every few years, and more so recently, of like some gobshite talking about putting wolves back in. Yeah, and you're like, you just have. have you, oh, that's when I was looking live? up the the info on that. Yeah, that's like one of the you know, the Google suggestions underneath is like, mm-hmm. are wolves? So there is are wolves still in Ireland? Where are the wolves in Wicklow? Yeah. And then when are wolves being reintroduced to Ireland? Oh, my God. Like, you just can't. Ireland is but do you know what happened? relatively the size of a puddle. If, if wolves were reintroduced, someone would have to start shooting them eventually. 
Yeah, and then people go mad again. You're like, yeah, you're shooting wolves. Like, you know, yeah. like that's because nothing's there to kill them. Like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Like, short of removing someone from an entire county, you can't. Their their home range is hundreds of miles. Yeah, there's nowhere in Ireland that's on the whole Ireland. Like, I'm sure the so like the GYE is it the Greater Yellowstone Ecosystem? Yeah, yeah, GYE. That so that encompasses three states, right? Or there's three states involved in that ecosystem. Mm-hmm. That's bigger than Ireland, and there's a wolf pack there. They um, they were saying. I think there's a lot of issues with overcrowding in certain national parks in America. Yeah, like people just want it. <laughs> they want it. They so want to go there. You know, they want to visit it and stuff. It's class. But apparently, a lot of them are very overcrowded. Like, which is kind of. We've been there. I'd say it was like July we were in Yellowstone mm-hmm. and it wasn't overcrowded, you know? Yeah. Like you'd drive through it and it would be like driving through, it'd be like driving up the Black Valley or something in Killarney. Yes. You know, yes. you'd see cars every so often. There might be some cars pulled in every so often. Mm-hmm. But obviously then there's like certain areas where it's very, very full on. Now we were in Yosemite in like August, a different year, and that was packed. Just climbers everywhere, families everywhere. Yes. Everyone is there. And I don't think Yosemite is the same kind of like, no, it could be, I could be way off with the sizing, but the kind of broadness of it isn't the same as Yellowstone. Like, It's, um, it's really an unfortunate situation because like there's, people want the wilderness. Yeah. Like where we were yesterday was, is immaculate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you couldn't feel, like, ancient Ireland there. That's where it's, like, that's what you imagine it must have been, like. Yeah. And how fucking hard it must have been to stay alive. <laughs> but, you know, walking around there, you know, that crow was flying overhead and it was, like, raining. You're like, fuck. You're like, this is, like, this is what it should be, like, you know. Yeah. And but I, that, like, back in that valley there. Yeah. Is exactly how it would have looked. Yeah. Hundreds of years ago. There just would have been more people. Well, probably not. <laughs> no, but, they're like, the population would have been... Almost double what it is now. Oh, but I'm talking like I'm talking a thousand years ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, way yeah. back when. Yeah. Dodging <laughs> dodging fucking great Irish elk and grizzly bears. Grizzly wolves. That's what it, like that's you know, you understand people want to be in nature and like I understand it, but people ruin it for other people when they go into nature if there's too many other people because it defeats the purpose, you know? Yeah. Like one of the mental things and I know I mentioned this before was that there was points like for example where the there were the tribes like in the Western Plains of America who for generations and generations there might be only 10,000 people there they can on their whole lives their children's lives their grandchildren's lives without ever seeing a stranger yeah. ever can you imagine that yeah it's like, mental we pa- you pass more people on the street every day when you walk through Cork City than frequent numbers of like ancient humans would have ever met in their entire life yeah you wonder is there something to that you know like is like, does it do something to you because you know they're they can like predict the population of cities based on how fast people talk and how many footsteps they take per minute. Yeah. And obviously the bigger the population, the more the faster people talk, you know? Yeah. So you'd wonder. Is that why you had them West people just have a heist? Oh, <laughs> could be though. It genuinely could be. Yeah. Because uh, like there's, I've heard some people mentioning before that like, obviously cities are going nowhere unless humans go somewhere. And yeah. cities aren't, you know, they're only going to get bigger and more densely populated. So like, in the not so distant future, maybe a few hundred years, maybe a thousand years, like for example, lactose was a lactose keeping production of lactose or lactase, sorry, keeping production of lactase as an adult was a protective mechanism against drought. So you could drink the cow's milk and stay alive and be hydrated. Yeah. 
So it's a protective mechanism to have. It's a positive adaption, you know. So there might be positive adaptions to people living in cities. So if you live in cities for generations, you may not become a different species, but have different genetic adaptions to living in yeah. a city. Like you might be like it could be something crazy, like more resilient to break dust or something like you know. There's no it's idea. Mad. Yeah, kind of fucked up and Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is um, oh, someone in the media the broadcast. They were talking anyway. There's this lump of resin found, right? Pitch resin, mm-hmm. and uh. I think it was found in Georgia somewhere. It's definitely somewhere over this neck of the woods, you know, mm-hmm. not in the States. Yeah. They found this piece of pitch resin and they were, they, so they were able to carbon date the ash or whatever was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody had been chewing on that piece of ash, right? Yeah. And they were able to ascertain all this. So they knew the last meal they ate was like uh, hazelnuts and a mallard duck. They could tell you that they were lactose intolerant, mm-hmm. which meant she was, or, Anyway, they were using lactose tolerance or intolerance mm-hmm. basically as a way of seeing if it was pre-agriculture or post-agriculture. Mm-hmm. So pre-agriculture, a lot of people were less lactose tolerant. Yeah. And obviously, as you start to keep cows and keep sheep and goats, it's better to be lactose tolerant than it is lactose intolerant. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so it's crazy. It's crazy how those things are the, the markers people have like. Do you know, I've been thinking about this recently, and I think it's something <clears throat> we could definitely get, get it done, but it'd be so uh, such a tangent to what we normally do. But uh, I'd love to make like a, a pretty small documentary right, on if plant-based was possible in ancient Ireland. So like we'd go talk to lecturers, environmental historians, yeah. people who would be experts in their field who would know right, and talk to them. And be like, is, will it be impossible to get a sufficient number of calories in variety of... Obviously, the answer is no. Like, the answer, it's almost certainly is no. But I'd love to... I'd love to... It's just something I'd love to do and see what... Like, pre-farming, you know? Yeah. Because obviously, farming things changes a lot. Uh, and some people make the argument that farming was the start of a lot of autoimmunities and stuff like that, you know, whatever. But prior to that, because we haven't changed that much. No. Realistically. Far no, you still look like a fucking caveman. <laughs> Less, what was it? Less than two percent Neanderthal or whatever. I thought I I honestly now. Yeah. I thought you'd have much higher. That was higher I don't than, know why it is. It must be the beard. That was higher than like thirty percent of people or whatever. Oh was it? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's reasonably high. But yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah. people walking around there with more than me, like I guess there's people walking around there who are Yes. Fucking borderline non functional. <laughs> But when that, I'd love. To, I think that'd be a cool documentary to make, and it's yeah. not, you know. Well, the, so I think this came up on the last podcast, which d- has doesn't exist now, right? Yes. So I can reiterate it. There's only one native vegetable to the U.S. or to North America as a continent, mm-hmm. and that's something called the Jerusalem artichoke, which is essentially a sunflower. Yeah, yeah. And you eat the um the See. root of it, you know. Yeah. Like that's fucking mental. That's but, crazy. So, you don't have any vegetables or like starchy things that are holding a lot of energy like in mm. their roots so then you're down to some sort of rooty shooty stuff that comes out of like yeah. trees and shrubs mm-hmm. some nuts and seeds and some berries yeah how mad is that one of the things i was wondering is like maybe as you get closer to the equator almost certainly there's Definitely, more edible yeah, vegetation yeah, yeah. absolutely and as well like your your seasons are so much less diverse yeah you know like yeah the veg tunnel at home now so like obviously the vegetable tunnel maintains a lot of heat and like gets very hot even during the winter from the sun you know mm-hmm. but even now like everything in there is dead 
Yeah. And we haven't had any hard frost. Like we've had no, some fuck no we've frost. had some grass frost one or two mornings. Yeah, yeah. But no hard frost and still everything is dead now, you know. So cuz <clears throat> and lads weren't using poly tunnels. Fuck no. <laughs> you know cuz meat has been very demonized in the last not by Oscar. Fuck no. Celebrated. But the last 20 years or so, you know. Yeah. Meat is seen as like a Unhealthy food. Yeah. Meat is seen as uh, an environmentally unfriendly food. Uh, all of which are wrong. Like, they're just yeah, are yeah, flat yeah. out wrong, you know. Um, Actually, meat was demonized in my own house this week. How was that? <laughs> it's bad. It's just... How so, did that happen, though? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, I think... So, to give the, the listeners a bit of background. Yeah. Uh, I'd cook a lot of the food at home. Mm-hmm. Or, like, most of the dinners I cook. Yeah. And I just much prefer to use venison mints. So deer mints than I would to use beef mints because obviously it's like phenomenal quality meat. Yeah. I know exactly where it's come from. Mm. I know exactly how long we've aged it for. I know how long it's been in my freezer. I know what condition and state the animal was in. And then most of the time it's like prime cuts that I'm mincing. It's unbelievable meat. It's so much. Yeah. Like, and we have so much of it. Like, yeah. But anyway, my missus isn't mad on it because she has to deal with like, the whole coming to realization that like there's something has happened for this to be on her plate. Like, whereas mm-hmm. usually it's like, yeah, chicken arrives in a packet. Yeah. Rashers arrive in a packet. Whereas now it's like, Oh, there's a knife in the sink. Yeah. Or, Oh, there's blood on Dara's glasses. Uh, or Dara's Jeep really smells of death. Always blood in your glasses. Always blood in my glasses. And I don't know why, because it's so funny. It's not inherently splashy, but two weeks ago when I got it, that deer, like, there was no blood. And then you look back and there was like specks of blood in Dara's glasses. <laughs> and you're like, how does that happen? Like, how? It's like, you know, in the old P- PlayStation 2 games where when yeah. you get shot, you yeah, yeah, yeah. come up that screen. Yeah. And um, you're, you're just like cleaning your glasses and there's just like blood everywhere. But anyway, yeah. This phenomenal quality meat have been used in a lot of recipes as of recently mm-hmm. and never been an issue because i was just like oh there's lasagna there spaghetti bolognese there mm-hmm. whatever there but it was questioned the other night mm-hmm. and in a moment of rash folly. retaliation of folly. volley back folly. right yeah like the yeah. ball was crossed in from the wing and i just swung at it mm-hmm. And I just mentioned that, oh, you've actually been eating it for the last few weeks and you didn't care at all. Yeah, yeah. And that was the wrong decision, girlfriend. <laughs> Has it been eaten since? Has it been eaten since? Has she eaten it? Because we were away last yeah, night, okay. so. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, it'll take a while to come back from that one. I have so many thoughts on all this, to be honest. I, I'm like, you know, funny you describe these like as a, someone thinks about something a lot, but doesn't really want to tell people about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I have huge respect for vegans, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, uh, Oh, I really appreciate where people like Africa there, you know, you're talking about doesn't like the idea of where that meat comes from, you know. Yeah. But I really respect vegans because they've thought about where their stuff is coming from and they don't like it and now they're not doing it, you know. Yeah. Lots of people would not be able to grow like a deer or shoot a deer. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. fucking way. No. You know. But then I don't want more people to be hunting because it's much better for I just don't think that's ever going to be an issue. No, us. I don't think so. No. But then you know, People think, let's say, um, let's say for for if everyone became plant based, yeah, we're going to do just as much damage to the environment because there's still so many people. It's a matter of eating, you know. Like, how is, say, beef you get in Ireland, 
comparable to avocados flown over from California? Like, how are they <laughs> environmentally? How is the avocados more friendly because it's plant based? And know? that's the other thing. Like, everything. If you're on that that um, that diet or whatever, mm-hmm. like, everything has a lot of miles to get there. Yeah. You no. Know? Yeah. Like, what did we spend on diesel yesterday? Mm-hmm. Twenty or thirty quid. Easily. Like. And and I think about that. I yeah. think Jesus. I travel a lot every week for this, you know. Yeah, but it's not gathering this twenty thousand miles. But it's not twenty thousand miles, and it's not in a jet. Yeah. Now the Hilux is fairly slick. Like, it's not far off a jet. It's not like, far off a yeah. jet. It sounds like when you're inside it. <laughs> it's more difficult to have a conversation. In. But yeah. no, like it definitely there's there's something there's something else there mm-hmm. that isn't vegan. That isn't just nonchalant forgetfulness of where everything comes from there's yeah. something mm-hmm. that's definitely not popularized maybe there is something that's like locavore or whatever you yeah, know yeah where people just eat reasonable food that's very good for them that's sustainable in, in the way where they can get it at a reasonable price mm-hmm. they can get it locally to them it doesn't have to be flown in from everywhere they can get it at at all times of year or most of the year you know like mm-hmm. Obviously, if you're growing spuds at home, you can't go out to the vegetable tunnel and dig spuds every day for your dinner. You can do that for four or five months of the year, mm-hmm. definitely, or maybe even a bit longer, depending on what you're growing and where you're growing them. But then the rest of the year, you have to store those in like a loft or in a shed somewhere, you know. Mm. But there's definitely like, I'm not sure what that term is, but there has to be something out there. Or there has to be other people thinking like us, where like, this is where you want food to come from. It, a lot of issues with farming is, um, I suppose, with, and I'm sure they'd have an answer for this, but with, with veganism is uh, animals are integral to the ecosystem, you yeah. know, to the crop cycles, to production. Like they turning up the land, their dead bodies, their bone marrow, yeah. their shit. All of that is vital to different cycles of the ecosystem you know you when you ha- look at the national park in clarney like yeah. one of the biggest downfalls they had was mm-hmm. they took so they had the, the a breed of highland cattle on the hill in clarney like on the mountain in clarney yeah it's absolutely vital you know yeah they had red stags up on the mountain all like both of which were doing a lot of work to like keep that ground rotivated keep fresh growth going on there yeah now it's just like it's just like monoculture of heather that's four feet high um, but then once they stopped shooting the deer, people wanted them to take the cattle off the mountain, so they stopped taking the ca- they took the cattle off the mountain. Yeah. You're down to like ten percent of what the deer cull should be in the park. Yeah. And now you just have this mountain that like you don't get like grouse or you don't get birds up there because the there's no fresh growth. <laughs> Sometimes deer eat baby birds randomly. Yeah. That's fucked deer up. Eat fucking everything. That's there. fucked up. They eat everything. Go on in. If there's a scab on the arse of another deer, oh, they'll terrible. chew it off. It's like. horrendous. Um, but that's like you. All these things are really important factors in like land being good. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason that barren mountainside is fucking barren and there's nothing on it. Like yeah. if you had a herd of reds up in it or if you had like whatever Highland cattle on it, the mountain does a lot better for itself. Like it's much better. It's more more natural. Yeah, you get a lot more biodiversity because other animals are able to come and like pick through the shit, or they'll eat the fresh grass that's grown from the other stuff that was eaten three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. The regenerative farming is taking off a lot in uh, America and UK specifically. 
they're yeah. they're UK actually are doing it very well in some places because uh, they have a lot of lot of ground. So there's a lot of huge farms. Yeah, and so it's viable to have uh, things like ponies, ducks, pigs, and cows running around the farm, going through the natural cycles and doing their natural habitats. Yeah. They've seen stuff like random snails that they thought were extinct come back, random different <laughs> flowers that they thought would never come back, different uh, butterflies that were gone come back to some of these regenerative farms, you know? Yeah. From So they still make money from the farm, obviously. They still harvest the meat or whatever, or the eggs or ducks or whatever. Yeah. But they have it in a, a, a better system, you know? It's very interesting. I'd yeah. love to visit a farmer like that and just see what they do specifically because I don't know the details because it any of the articles you read it's not farmers writing them you know so it's not really no 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 you can't ask the questions you're not like what do you do in the winter like what are you doing do you know yeah they're just like regenerative farming works you're <laughs> like i'd like to really see like what is someone doing yeah yeah what's the nitty-gritty like what's the day-to-day life look for them you know and it's not like it getting it to work isn't the most important thing either getting yep. it to be profitable and more profitable than current systems is yeah is the real thing you know because mm-hmm. like if you somebody who churns out thousand tons of carrots a year yeah and then you say like oh but honestly now right we'll get 60 dozen chickens yeah we'll leave them off just in front of them there we'll have a lovely wild herd of yeah, yeah. goats they'll follow them on and joe like these yeah. all these things are like but horse i have eight children that have to be put through yeah. school <laughs> yeah do you know do you ever see when they release the ducks out onto like cabbage and stuff to eat the yeah 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 it's so funny the ducks are like fuck yeah I yeah. think those things are so funny where there's like a specific slug that these ducks really like eating. Mm-hmm. You bring them along in a box. Yeah. They go along, do their job. They all go back in their box and then you bring them on. Like that's fucking class. Or when you see like the apple orchards where they just drive in with a truck that's full of honeybees mm-hmm. and the honeybees just go out, pollinate everything. They keep them there for a week or two mm-hmm. and then go on again, you know. You know, I think, I don't know if it's the avocados or almond production in California, but they have to bring mobile bees, you know, because... Yeah. It's such a monocrop, and obviously the bee population is not doing well, and so there's so little for other bees in that area because there's such big crops of in monocrops, individual crops of like I don't know almonds or avocados, I can't remember which one. So they have to bring the bees around, but then obviously the bees aren't the healthiest, so they some people's bees die off. Right. So they have a huge issue of people robbing other people's bees, so they'll leave their bees there. You know, obviously you'll have to leave them there for a few yeah. days, a few weeks, but during the pollination time, but. They'll come back and people have robbed their bees, you know. Another mental thing is that New Zealand grows a load of avocados. Right. And for, <laughs> I don't know if it must still be the case. Avocados were so, uh, so financially viable to steal because there was like, it was worth so much per avocado and such an easy thing to do. Yeah. That criminal gangs were robbing thousands of avocados in New Zealand like farmers had to set up like traps and stuff <laughs> for criminal gangs but they were really afraid of the criminal gangs couldn't confront themselves because they'd, yeah, they'd yeah, kill them yeah. like you know yeah um so robbing them and they'd be on a boat that same night gone so because it's like a dollar or two or three dollars you can yeah. get per avocado you know yeah so if you rob ten thousand avocados like yeah, that's not that fucking me. much just come in in a night and you just no one really cares about that kind of crime like no. i don't think there was an issue because it was seen as kind of like i'll just rob avocados you know yeah but lucratively profitable so they put no money in no tax paid on that money they just robbed all the avocados and were gone. One of the most stolen goods in Italy. What? Parmesan cheese. Fuck off. Yeah. That's so stereo. Fucking typical. mental. It's the most stolen food in the world is Parmesan cheese. Why is that so stolen? Because, so you have the 
mature parmesan for years and years and years, right? Oh, do you? To the point where there's banks in Italy mm-hmm. and they fund farmers. Right. But instead of taking collateral as land or portions of their farm or whatever, mm-hmm. they take Parmesan cheese into storage. So there's huge banks mm-hmm. that have these huge vaults full of Parmesan cheese and Parmesan cheese inspectors who will go and they like they tap it with these little mallets and mm-hmm. they'll do their tests because the cheese takes so long to mature. How long are we talking? I'm like, going to look it up now because I don't want to do it in injustice. I think you could be talking about 10 or 15 years. Fuck. You remember when they, the Italian team won the Euros and, and people are like, Italians don't talk with their hands. And then you went to the Italian team and everyone was doing stuff with their hands and they were talking. Yeah, it's so fucking like, funny. It's a stereotype. It shouldn't talk about that, but it actually turned out to be very true. And that's that clip. That's mad that people are robbing Parmesan cheese. People rob anything. You know the fellow we saw in the shop there the other day? Yeah. Like, fuck off. Oh, sorry. Like, sorry. Yeah. Uh... So Parmesan has to be three years. Mm-hmm. Then there's other ones that are four or more years. Mm-hmm. Then there's other ones that are... Yeah, so it's like at least... It really depends where you are by the looks of this. There's certain ones that are like at least two years, at least four years. But that's a really long time for your crop. Crazy. Quote-unquote crop. Yeah. Quote crop. So you could see why banks, why farms would have to borrow money to like... yeah pay for the next round of production oh, yeah. you know but how do you get started like oh, yeah you, yeah yeah because obviously other crops you know you certain times of year and you can do different crops at different times of year so you've always some kind of cash yeah. flow or you know brewer- it's like with the whiskey distilleries yeah so whiskey in ireland has to be matured in oak barrels there's the same thing there's like a an amount of or sorry it has to be matured in ireland in just timber barrels they have to be timber wooden barrels mm. in scotland it has to be oak but for most of the whiskey distilleries, they sell gin for the first few years. So, like, you'll see, like, Dingle Distillery mm-hmm. sold Dingle Gin for the first few years because gin and whiskey are the exact same fluid. One is matured and one isn't. Mm-hmm. So then they have, like, this source of income that kind of trickle feeds them. And then, obviously, once the whiskey's matured, they can... Uh, they can I knew more than one, one or two lads who'd invested in distilleries that were set up. Yeah. For some reason, in the last... like My f- old flitted. Um, it's, uh, that's another person to that list yeah. and I can think of a few people who were in the know uh, recently in Ireland in the last like five years there's been some amount of just like private distilleries set up yeah. maybe like more than 10 years probably not like five years longer now where it's been just local whiskey set up and they're all selling gin Yeah, and I know a load of people not a load of people but more than like f- four or five people who knew someone who knew someone was like the lads are starting a yeah, distillery yeah, yeah. like have you a few thousand to spare they need money for it yeah, and obviously got a load of people like this. And they were like, "Oh, we'll give you the first batch, or we'll give you this much That's per what bottle." They do. Sold. So you buy yam, but it's very lucrative for those people. Very lucrative when you look at the value of whiskey you get out of it. Yeah. So like, yeah, my dad did it with, uh, I think seven or eight of his friends. Mm-hmm. Eight, I think there's eight of them in total, and you buy a cask of whiskey, mm-hmm. but all eight of them came out with between forty and fifty bottles of whiskey. Yeah. So those bottles are going for a few hundred euro a pop, three, four hundred euro per bottle. Yeah. Because they're first batch and because you're like they have their own little like gang name on it, you know? Yeah. And uh so it's very lucrative and obviously for the the distillers themselves, you know, the lads starting the business. Yeah. It's so lucrative. Yeah. You just make like you, you lose half of your first year's batch and that's it. They they really have a huge distillery in Clarny, by the it looks class. Yeah, 
looks so cool you can do tours and load of them yeah i did the jemison tour back in september and it was very good and it, yeah was it highly recommend it it was like the the bougie vip tour i think you you're a big fan of jemison to be fair i love jemison yeah. jemison and ginger ale is super yeah c'est super jemison ginger ale and lime they sell that in cans now yeah i bet it's not great it just can't be as good as like fresh ginger ale squeezing the lime in yeah doing the rim of the glass dropping that in Rimming and the then glass. and then your little yeah little uh <laughs> your little glass bottle of ginger ale in on top of it that's it's a great drink if anyone hasn't tried it mm-hmm. and you're of legal drinking age in your country um geez a, a jemison ideally a double jemison with uh just a slice of lime squeezed in and then rim the glass with that and then you're bottle of ginger ale in on top of it isn't it tequila that's from a really rare cactus a go- guava is a guava cactus is I that don't right? know the name of it but it's a mad big circular thing and apparently it takes forever to grow weren't you saying that about so like every all those vips having their tequila brands yes oh that was a huge and that's problem. why people are uh or yeah it was a huge problem because they couldn't they basically couldn't make enough tequila yeah they because so and they make shit tequila going by tequila experts, like the Rocks tequila. Someone else said like tequila brands. There's loads in America. We probably don't even hear about it. But they make tequila brands, you know, and yeah. sell it. They inject a load of cash and buy up a load of the crop or whatever and make just shitty tequila and make their money back off their yeah. name and not a good quality tequila. And it takes away, drives up the price in of this cactus for actual good brands, yeah. people who want to make nice tequila. And so it's just another reason why it's class. Tequila... Why did the Mexican push his wife off the cliff? I go on. Tequila. No way. Yeah, that's nailed that's it. Nailed it. Tequila. Just timing was perfect. Source. Fuck. Why can't I fucking tequila plant? Gerf is a agave. 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 Uh, Gerf is a strangely feminine baby blue phone cover, and <laughs> it's it's always struck me as strange because it just doesn't doesn't line it up. Just seems wrong, you know. Um. Like our. Friends of the podcast trust app. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who are they may see lads who work in the same building as us, but we rob all their merchandise and we get free pens. Yeah. Um strangely feminine baby blue pens. And I wonder is that like is that a what thing? Is that a branding decision? They are the blue like who's, who's picking that blue? What time is it? My God. Um so yeah, like so once again we turned into a it's weird. It's always farming and food, isn't it? It's always farming and killing food and stuff. And uh, it's very important to think. Thanks about very this. much for listening. Uh, Gurf won this week's trivia. Did I? So yes. Gurf is one nil up. What did I get? You got um. Oh, waffle irons. Waffle irons. And you got? Did you? Get, you got rice? No, it's one all. You got rice. Wait, did you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One all. It's a draw. What were the other two questions? The history. I asked about cliche. Yeah, I think it's Alico Barbells. I think it's the wolf. The last wolf in Ireland. Okay, so it's one all. Write that up in the, the your sheet there. No, I won't. Do you know how much I weighed this morning? How much you weigh? So to give you some context now, because I was driving around the place this morning, I ate a lot of food. Mm-hmm. So I woke up, had some cereal, mm-hmm. had two glass or two cups of coffee, then I ate a taco fries that I got in the chipper last night. Yeah, yeah. It was nearly 110 kilos, Fucking which hell. is eight kilos heavier than yesterday. Just make a right hand column of that. Of the no, we put up a different sheet. Okay. I actually have the whiteboard at home. I really need to put it up there. I need to buy socks at lunch. We go buy socks soon. Right. Thanks, guys.